Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We've been talking for about 10 weeks now about these fundamentals of our life in Christ. And we've talked about this fact that in John 17, when Jesus is going to the cross, he tells his disciples what the end goal is. And the end goal, John 17, 20, 22, 23, is that you and I may be one, even as he and the Father is one, and we are in him and he in us, right? This amazing thing of unity with all of God's people. And how many people did God call his people? He's called all to be his children, hasn't he? Everyone. His goal, his heart is for every single person to say yes to him and to come into this body and to become one and then and live out of our union with Christ through the cross and live together in union. So that's easy. So we can just move on. Right? Anybody here discovered that it, trying to do life with other people is hard? Yeah, I was like, unless you live on an island by yourself, you were like, no, no, I'm out of town. Um, and it really just, so, but the great thing is, is Jesus didn't leave us without an action plan. And so what do we see? The very last things he says as he's leaving the earth, Matthew 28. You guys remember? Matthew 28, verse 16. When there they are, he's got them all together, up on a mountain, Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Anybody encouraged? They're seeing Jesus with skin on, and they still struggle. Resurrected Jesus! Guys, guys, if you're waiting for perfect proof to get rid of all your doubts, it's going to be a while. It's called trust. It's called trust. But anyway, and so here they are. And he said, then Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Wow, that's a lot, right? If I were to walk into a company and say, all authority has been given to me in this company, what would that mean if it was true? You could do what you wanted to do. I could do anything I want with anything that's in the company. Everything in heaven and on earth. Wow, that's, uh, your brain should break right now. Okay, everything. So what am I supposed to do with that? Good question. Next verse. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the, in the, baptize them in this relational web of, of love that we have and then teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded to you. And why? Because surely I am with you always. In other words, the one who has all the authority, I go with you. And to the very end of the age. So what did he tell them to do? What did he tell them to do first? Go. What did he tell them to do next? Make disciples. And then what? And then baptize them. And then what? Teach them. them. 
I have a confession to make. Many times in my life, I've gotten the Christian life backwards. Anybody got, found Jesus and found it was, there was a lot of good stuff inside the kingdom? What are some of the good things that are inside the kingdom that you discovered? Streets are made of gold. There you go. Yes, I haven't gotten that part yet. I mean, in the kingdom in this life, in the Christian life, in our life in Christ, who here discovers some good things in Christ? Peace. Okay, peace. What else? Relief. What else? Ooh, yeah, come on. Wisdom. Wisdom. What else? Healing. Healing. Come on. Fellowship and food. <laughs> food and fellowship. I love it. What else? Community. Come on. Grace. The power of God to do the will of God. Let's just stop there. We can keep going forever. Um. It would be so, who here has gotten distracted pursuing these things? Do you know what I'm talking about? And in the process, you lose them altogether. See, Jesus said what? Seek what? First the kingdom and his righteousness, his way, and all these things will do be what? Who here, when you're sitting down as a child, you were sitting down to dinner, you saw what was for dessert. And it made dinner not interesting. Right? No. He said, for the joy, just trust me that I will take care of your needs so you can care about what I call you to. Unfortunately, I'll be honest, many times I realize, even in my own teaching, it has been understood, here's how you get blessing. Here's how you get healing. Here's how you get these things. Mm-mm. No. When, you pers- when we pursue these things, apart from pursuing Him and His goals, we find ourselves in a dead-end place. Anybody here pursued community and found yourself in a cat fight? Right? No. Like, when I pursue community in my own strength, I look for commonality. But do you know nobody's like you because nobody is as weird as you? That's a good thing. Right? No. I mean, every one of us is unique. We ha- our unity is not in our commonality. Our unity is in the Christ in me, Christ in you. Our unity is not, and the unity that we share in the common mission that God has given us. You know the problem? You know the word I hate most out of all of these? You want to guess? Go! Go! <laughs> I just got here! I plan to sit on my center. This is my seat! No, seriously. You do you know what I'm talking about? What does go mean? It means leave where I am, leave where I'm comfortable, leave where I've already gotten settled, leave where I've got everything sorted out. It means go out there where there are scary people. I did not sign up for this. I signed up. Okay, so you didn't put on my list. My list, I have safety. I have security. Comfort. Who's on my boat? Yeah, huh? 
acceptance. Yes. I love you. You love, right? Like this is the boat I signed up for. You know, and then, you know, I, I, I've got to do this sometime. I do, but I don't think we survive it. I want to do a series on the promises nobody wants. I think it would be so much fun. Like, you know, you know, uh, no man is greater than his master. If they hated you, they hated me, they'll hate you too. I have yet to meet anybody with a tattoo of that. I don't know why. I don't know why, right? Like, you know, like, like, you know, like, ah, like there's something he says, he says, guys, listen, if you pursue your stuff, you pursue your safety, your protection, but God, you gave me my family. I'm pursuing, anybody here pursued your family and it took you out? Go. When we walk in mission, walking, calling, God brings unity. God brings breakthrough. God brings blessing. When we pursue the blessings, we end up on a smaller and smaller island. So what does that look like? Let's look at it practically. Over in Acts 1, he said, because anybody gotten a call from God and you realized instantaneously you're incapable of it? Like two seconds ago? Right? No. I mean, like, ah! he goes, guys, don't worry. Go back to Jerusalem, Acts 1, 4, and 5. He says, go back to Jerusalem and wait. They're like, I can do that. I can sit on my sitter. I'm just going to go 10 feet, right? I'm going to go back to Jerusalem and wait until the power of God comes upon you. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. And uh, and they're like, I can do that. I can do that. They wait. They don't change the subject. They don't pursue something else. They wait. And what happens? You guys remember? Remember? 10 days after Jesus ascends, 50 days after his resurrection, or actually 47, anyway, um, he, what, what happens? Jesus rises, is, um, the Holy Spirit falls on them at Pentecost. Let's flip over and look at what happened. Chapter 2 of Acts. If you've got Bibles, this is a good place. We're going to camp here for a minute. Anybody here felt uniquely unqualified to go? Right? Who here, who here has had said what Moses said? I don't know what to say. I can't speak for you. I, I don't know what to say. I can't go for you. I can't go out in that scary world. I don't speak their language. They got good news. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. Why did it say they seemed to be tongues of fire? Because they couldn't tell what in the world they were seeing. Just saying. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Guys, I want you to tell you this, there is more. Why do I say there's more? Even if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, Paul says, keep being filled. Be being filled. It, listen, there's more. There's always more. We're never satisfied. More God, more God. Not more of this, more of you, God. Because if I have more of you and I'm in alignment with your mission, you're going to show up. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem God, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Why? During, okay, Passover, normally the, the population of, of Jerusalem was anywhere from 200 to 300,000 people. During Passover, 
it would explode to three to four million. Forget Woodstock. Or as, yeah, I mean, it's just like we were talking about Asbury when the move happened there. It's a town of 5,000, 25,000 people show up. If you were there, you're like, whoa, this is a crazy town. I mean, it is nuts. It is insane. Um, and, and so here they are. They're staying. Uh, thank goodness. I guess they still have the same upper room like they're holding on to, right? You know, like, let's put a lease down. Let's just not let, let it go. Anyway, they're staying in there. And when they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed. Why? Because what's happening is they start crying out to God. They're responding to God. And out of them is coming these strange tongues they don't know. And they sit there and, they, and, they, and people are hearing their own language, even though they come from all over the world. Utterly amazed, they said, but aren't the, those, these who are speaking Galileans? Do you guys remember what Jesus' promise was to them? When you stand before governors, do not worry. You unschooled country bumpkin uh, fishermen, don't worry, because I'll give you the words to say. I'm sure they didn't think it was going to happen like this. I'll tell you this, you can't guess. When God says go and he says he'll back you up, you can't guess how it's going to roll out. Then how is it that each of us hears in our own native language? And then a whole bunch of nations they list from all over the world are there and, and, and they begin to hear. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So... I had this, this whole revelation about the tongues thing in this context of them going. I've been pressing in ever since I've been going to KSU, you know, to, um, just to witness to, to students and stuff. I've been, like, praying so hard for the language, the language to speak, because I'm like, we're not even speaking the same language. <laughs> Like, I don't even know what, when everyone sat down and was like, what's your pronoun or something? I was like, so out of my depth. I was like, I don't even know this lingo. I don't know this. You don't know your grammar. I don't know my grammar. <laughs> I really don't. It's like put on top that I'm, you know, my Russian accent and stuff. I don't know all the words to begin with. And then it's a whole other generation with a whole other language. But I want to submit to you that each one of us is called to different groups of people where God is going to supernaturally download language for us to reach that group. And sometimes it could be actual foreign language and sometimes it would be the way that you will speak supernaturally that will connect to their heart. And it won't necessarily, necessarily be who you think. Jesus took the country bumpkin, uh, bad Jew Peter, and sent him to the Jews. He took him the best Jew possible who hated Gentiles and sent him to the Gentiles. Yeah. Right? A lot of times we're like, oh, I know who you'll send me to. And God's like, no, no. I want to give you a language, not the one you think you have. And power. And power. Right? They waited for the power, for the way to communicate with those people, the gospel in the way they understood. And I believe that's what Jesus wants to pour out on his church today, is power 
and an ability to share the gospel that goes straight into people's hearts. Come on. Come on. And so I love this. This is a, So if you heard people going, ah, and they're speaking a strange language, right, which they shouldn't know, their response is, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they had too much wine. Why? Because they were happy. They were happy. And you have no business being happy. How dare you? That's why the fruit of the Spirit is another sign that of, of God's kingdom. So Peter gets up and he... Guys, do you remember where Peter was the last time we saw him? Hiding, right? Denying Jesus, cutting off ears, right? And then finally, Jesus calls him back into the ministry and all he's worried is, what about John? What about him? <laughs> he sounds like a real mm, great guy. It's probably the name. Um, and instead, but when the Holy Spirit comes up, so you don't qualify you. The Holy Spirit in you qualifies you. Moses, I can't speak. God, God says, go, I'll speak through you. David, I'm just a young boy. doesn't matter. God, Daniel, I'm just a young boy. Joseph, I'm just a young boy. Mary, I'm 14, I'm not married. God qualifies. But Peter begins to preach the gospel with authority and power and clarity. I mean, I promise you, Peter's wife was like, when did you get so smart? I like, I know you, right? I mean, seriously, come on. But then he comes in, he says, when the P, verse 36, therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Now here's a question. Do you know what they already did? Is they went, didn't they? They went. Why? Because they didn't stay in the room. Listen, if God's coming on me and making me look like a freak show, I'm probably, who here wants to hide? Who are my people? Come on. They're, they're like, I'm hiding right now. I'm not going to respond. Are you crazy? This is that's silly talk. No, but the reality is, you know something about that, don't you, Michelle? God, Holy Spirit showed up on Michelle in court on Tuesday. We were having an outreach uh, gathering. Yesterday, uh, we were having an outreach gathering. Holy Spirit showed up on them. Michelle is most demure, you know, like not make a, a fuss kind of thing. Holy Spirit's come on her in a way that, that yeah, they were, that, they were yelling in the parking lot. You're like, I don't want that. I don't sign up for that. I'm going to tell you this. There's only one kind of check that Holy Spirit cashes. You know what kind it is? Blank. If, you, if we come to God with our conditions, he won't cash it. He won't cash it. He won't cash it. And, and the reality is we have to decide what do we want. We, if we pursue all these things in, apart from submitting to him and submitting to his spirit and his mission, we will constantly find ourselves back where we started. Stay with me. So he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. First of all, he didn't know how he got what he got. Well, that's really audacious. God will give you wisdom and cause you to speak things you instantly regret. And then he'll back them up. How do I know? Because it's happened many times. I'm like, oh, 
God's like, I cash that check every day of the week. And God shows up on them. And the promise is for you and your children, all those who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. That's why I always laugh when people are like, this is the worst it's ever been. Read your history books, children. Listen, we ain't even got started. Oh, man, he's on the move. With many other words, be war- he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000. How many were in the upper room? 120. How many did Jesus appear to? At least 500 people. So there was originally 500. By the time, I don't know if they started out with like 450 in the upper room and it just dwindled over time. I don't know. 120. But then explodes to 3,000 in one day. What? I don't, there's no evangelism plan that works for this. So what did they do? What are you going to do? If, okay, so say we're, we're about 120. 3,000 people show up. What you doing? What are some problems that would happen if 3,000 people got saved today? Where are you going to put them? We don't have enough bathrooms. We don't have enough bathrooms? <laughs> Suddenly the men are going outside. We have two women's bathrooms. Right? What else? Huh? Can't hear? Discipleship. Who's going to raise these up? Anybody know they're all unwashed? Like, you know, like, I don't know what kind of problems they got. I don't know. You know what I mean? I was good on my sitter in my safe space where I can defriend people when they make me uncomfortable. And you're going to invite 3,000 of them into my... They might sit in my seat. (laughs) It's not worth it, Lord. So what do they do? What do they do? Here's, Here's what they did. Here's what they did. What did they do? They said, so... In order to disciple them, they did what? It's up there. What did they do? First thing. Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So, apostles' teaching. What were the apostles' teaching? Wait, 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 no. What was the apostles' teaching? What Jesus... (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Teach them everything I commanded you. It's, it's not complicated. It's really not. You should know this me by now. We're not complicated, right? Teaching them everything I commanded you, right? Okay, so how are they going to remember what Jesus commanded them? I will give you the Holy Spirit who will remind you. I can't remember everything. He'll remind you. He'll give you the words, he'll remind you, and he'll be the power. Like, what do I do? Yeah. All right. Apostles teaching and to fellowship, which is AKA the breaking of bread, which means what? Eating. And then to prayer. All right. The first thing is, um, I don't know about you, but there was a point in my life when I thought all three of these things were the same thing. They're three separate things. So, Do you guys remember, we learned later in Acts, 
they would gather in a certain place. Do you guys remember where they would gather? In a place called Solomon's Porch. And it wasn't like where you play a banjo. It, it, it was a place in the temple. Can we pull up that, that um, first slide? So it was a place... It was a place on the side of the temple. It was 39 feet high, 49 feet deep, and 1,200 feet long. That's like, uh, what did I figure out? That's 60,000 square feet of meeting space. And, and in the middle, that, that whole area around the temple would hold up to 300,000 people during Passover, just packed in there. But this period over here was they could get out of the sun. But when it wasn't like feast day time, this was a place where literally rabbis would set up. Remember when Jesus was teaching in the temple? This is what he would do. He'd grab him a space in between the pillars and start preaching. And you could walk through. It was like a food court. You could walk through and you're like, I'd like a little Peter today. No, no, I feel like some Simon. Is Fotini in town? Because she's amazing. That's the Samaritan woman. I, like, they would go back and forth listening. They would learn from these different teachers who would be holding class essentially with hundreds of people. So you take 3,000 and divide by 11, because we lost one, and Matthias never really seemed to have done much, right? You end up with, you've got class of almost 300 people gathering to hear them teach, right? Wow, like God gave them immediately this room. So they're having, they're having gathering, teaching gatherings of like 300 people. But then the prayer part, I always assumed it was a prayer meeting like what we do. But do you know what? That word, prayer, in that time was the prayer service in the temple that happened three times a day. You would go and do the prayers. And we can pull that up. So I love this. Is there, um, next one, sorry. Yeah. There we go. So in the court of the women, on those steps, they would have the Levites. You guys remember the Levites are working at the temple and the Levites had musical instruments and they would sing the Psalms standing on those steps you see in the middle. And they were, there were 15 steps and there are 15 songs of ascent. They're the Psalm 120 through 134. And they would sing the Psalms out and everybody would sing with them. It's feast days. They'd sing all 15 and they would do other songs and other Psalms. And this was their, what does that sound like? Worship. Worship. So, they had a teaching service of like 300, and then they had a worship service, which is even bigger. And then what did they do? They, felt, they broke up into homes, fellowshipping and eating and breaking bread. And what were they supposed to do every time they had a meal? They were supposed to break bread, drink wine, and do what? Remember me. So they're having communion. They're fellowshipping around the table. And part of the other reason why they're fellowshipping at homes, do you know that most of those 3,000 people came from where? Out of, town. Out of town. What do they say about guests on the second day or third day? They start to smell like fish, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I signed up. Okay, yay, I accept Jesus into my life. Okay, go home. Nobody? Okay, who's the people like, like you dream at the end of the day, going home and closing that door? Right, right? You're like, ah, oh, they're going home and they're going to close the door and they're like, I'm coming with 
with you. Okay. Oh, wow. Like, 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 like some of these people, they're like, I, you know, I rented a place during Passover, but my money ran out, but I'm for Jesus. Oh, 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 I learned boundaries. I have good boundaries teaching. No, but the reality is, is that they were in the middle of the biggest move of God in history, and they had to make choices. And I promise you, when we follow Jesus, we will find ourselves in these places where we have to choose. Do I want more of him, more of what he's doing here? Because when harvest begins, it doesn't happen on our terms. It doesn't happen our ways. And suddenly, this is why it says, going on, what does it say, going on? It says, Everyone was filled with awe as the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. Love that. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Now, I can tell you right now, the people who have nothing love that verse. The people with stuff don't like that verse. True? I can tell by the faces. People are like, yay! Right? No, no. Why did they do this? Well, and it said they were laying their, their good, they were selling their property and their possessions to give to anyone who had need. Why? We see this with Barnabas. Barnabas is from Cyprus. He comes and he never leaves. So guess what he does? He sells his property at home. And he gives, because he realizes he's kind of like that fish. He's like, I'm going to give money. So they have to come up with a, a way to manage what's going on. This is why you have not seen this model played out ever again. Because it was very specific to this specific thing of, of everybody coming from around the world and then being stuck there in the move of God. And it was amazing. But, but it's so funny. It, but, but this stuff, this stuff, this stuff is still true. Okay. This, now I got where we're going. Now, I want you to be thinking of something in the meantime. When they would come together and they would have fellowship and they would eat, one of the things they'd do is they'd remember the body and blood. But the other thing they would do is they would tell stories. What kind of stories do you think? God encounters. What God did for me. I was this way and now I'm this way. I was, I'm changed. This is what God did to me. I'll, I'll give you one for me today. Anybody? I was in a bar fight. No, I wasn't. Uh, it's my ministry. Um, no, I, this morning I was shaving and I got a little carried away with a brand new razor and it, and it has an edge on both sides and went whoop. And next thing I know, I, I won't. Yeah. It was bad. There was a, it, it, it looked like something out of CSI. And, uh, and, and I'm sitting there. And you got to know, I cut myself on my face earlier this week. And we're using ice. We're using pressure. It's not stopping, thanks to my grandfather's little slow bleeder issues. But anyway, or easy bleeder. Anyway, easy. Anyway. All right. So I'm bleeding. And I'm sitting there going, I know I'm going to have to preach. And I cannot preach with a Band-Aid on my face. I, you guys wouldn't hear a word I said. You'd just be like, is it leprosy? Right? No, I know these things. Anyway, so I'm sitting there going, I'm like, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm like praying. And I go to Danya. I'm like, Danya, pray for me because I don't have faith. I've seen my face too many times. Well, that's another issue. But, but I'm sitting there and I'm praying. Do you want to know something? It stopped. That's a God encounter. It's a little one, but it's a God encounter. Family shares God encounters. Family celebrates God encounters together. We celebrate. We learn from each other. We, while they're around the table, they're unpacking what they heard the apostles teach. 
They're sharing about the encounters they had in worship. They're sharing all these things. They're learning. So if we could pull up the graph portion real quick. There we go. So there's this interesting thing I've noticed that in any given situation, there are some things that work really good in big settings and some things that work well in really small settings. Does that make sense? So there are some things that the more people you have, the better it gets. And there are some things, the fewer the people you have, the better it gets. So let me ask this. So when you're gathering around small tables, you're gathering around tables and you're having this deep connection, like what are some good things that happen because it's small? Uh, yes, comfortable sharing. What else? What was that? Bonding. Don't ask me. I heard five words. None of them was that. All right. Bonding. What else? One-on-one ministry. Come on. What else? Best buds. Ooh, heard and seen, right? Right? It matters. It matters. If I'm not there, people notice, right? You get to meet someone new. Ooh, you can meet some new people. Getting to know you. Come on. What else? How about you get to practice in a safe environment? Praying for healing. You get to practice, right? It's safe. You know, I mean, it's not like if you, if God's calling you to teach, you know, your first step isn't to stand up here on a Sunday, right? Right. You get to practice, right? Safe practice, right? You get to, you get to see the results. Um, You get to share um, your stories and be heard. You get to be known. This is so important. You get to be known, Right. And what is the point? What did you say? That we might be one. That one is out of knowing one another, right? So those are some really good things. But what are some good things about when it gets big? Because a lot of times in church history, there have been two ditches, big and small. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, yay, everything's amazing. It will lose all of us on a little tiny island until it turns into a cult. And then we're going to go over here and we're going to be big, right? But what are some good, what are good things that happen in big? Corporate anointing. Corporate anointing. Something that is real. That is so real. There's something that bigger that happens. What else? Mm-hmm. What else? Like, like you can hide? Okay, yeah, 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 I got you, I got you. Gotcha. What's that? Larger outreach. What was that, Artie? The whole, yeah, the whole, yeah. 
Yeah, because it's, it's really easy to become very self-focused, right? Yeah. What else? I'll just say this. Small always tends to lean towards a commonality, a unity of commonality, similarity, right? We tend to hang out with people like us, which is good when it's good. But anybody found that all of your friends have the same dysfunction you do? Well, nobody's going to get healed or free, are they? Until you start hanging out with people who don't have your dysfunction, right? There is, there's an important diversity. This is why like anytime, like one of the great things that happen in, in kind of in between these are what I call demographic groups. The men get together, right? That's helpful, right? For the men to get together. But that shouldn't be all there is. Like I, I, I go to these things with men pastors and they try to come up with plans and I'm like, can we call a woman? Because I'm not, I don't feel safe right now. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, there's a way that seems right to a man. We know how that turns out, right? Like there is, there's a diversity that's needed. All voices are needed, right? And so there's a, there is, there's blessing and big and we need both. And even in this, they had both, right? So even if you're getting big time teaching in in the big, you're processing it in the small, right? Okay. What I want to say is this, all of us tend to gravitate towards one end of the spectrum, and it just depends on seasons. Sometimes we're like, like, like uh, you said, uh, Donovan, like, hey, I just want to hide. Who here has done that? Like you, you're like, I'm done with the relationship. I just want to go somewhere. We, at one point, we were at North Point 25 years ago, and, and that was like, I love this. Nobody knows me. I love this, right? Like, that's not the good end, right? The other ditch is, I just want an island where I don't have to deal with anybody I don't want to have to deal with. Let's just have that, right? So, but what I want to say is God's calling all of us to get out of the boat because here's why. The unity and community we long for won't happen when we pursue community. It will happen when we begin to walk on mission. And one of the problems with small groups, for small group's sake, is what do they become? A click, right? They become isolated. But the, we're called to do what? We're called to bring people in. You know, a lot of times we've been trained that the church is supposed to evangelize people. But they're not here! <gasps> they're there! In fact, evangelism, reaching the lost bringing people in, making disciples, reaching them happens where? Out there. Bringing them in here to be disciple and experience this here. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.